Welcome to the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor, and I'm here for you. Today we're going to talk about ways to stop tolerating abuse. Abuse you may not even have recognized that is happening now or that happened earlier in your life. Maybe you'll hear something today that you really need to hear. It's my hope that you will. You're not alone. It's not your fault. You are not to blame. And I'll help you use that redirected energy to recover and to rediscover you, your values, your dreams, your desires, and then realize them in healthy ways and in healthy relationships at home and at work. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Relationship Help Show and post-Valentine's Day. I hope that you're still in a loving mood and that you're particularly in the mood to love yourself. If you're returning to listen to the show, welcome back. I'm so glad that you found value and found your way back here. And if this is your first time listening to the Relationship Help Show, I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler and I'm thrilled that you're here. This is where we talk about how to handle difficult people, difficult times, difficult situations and circumstances. And those are the difficult people in life I call hijackals. They are toxic, they are difficult, and they're often disturbing. And they're certainly disturbing to our peace of mind and our sense of self. So this program is dedicated to helping you feel strong, empowered, and know exactly what you want in life so that you can take the steps to get it, even in the face of being in a relationship with a hijackal, that difficult person. And today's show is focused on you. So one of the things that I'm going to talk about today is how to feel showered with appreciation. Doesn't that sound good? Don't you want to feel showered with appreciation? You want to know how? So we're going to talk about that in a segment uh, from me. And then my guest, Laura Rubenstein, she's been here before, but we're talking about something entirely different today. We're going to spend two segments of the show talking about why loving yourself is the key to saying no to hijackals. So such things as how do you love yourself and not stay committed to someone who's not good for you? Have you wondered about that? I'm sure that you second guess yourself a lot when you're with a hijackal. Everybody does. The whole idea that a hijackal has is to get you second guessing yourself. So they're not likely to be showering you with appreciation anytime soon. So I want to give you some hints for how to become showered with appreciation and how to feel valued in that process, because we all deserve to feel valued and validated. When you're first in a relationship with a hijackal, they validate you and idealize you, and it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. You're sure you've died and gone to heaven and that you have met your soulmate. But quite soon, that idealization shifts and you become devalued. So you really have to know what that commitment means and whether or not the commitment was wisely taken and if it's healthy for you to stay. And in the second part of our interview with Laura Rubenstein, we're going to talk about intention, high intention, finding support within yourself. And of course, she's a hypnotherapist, so we're going to talk a little bit about hypnosis and the messages that we give ourselves and how we can change those. And what it really means to be hoovered by a hijackal, sucked back in after you thought you'd escaped. They're very good at that. They love bomb you in order to get you back and hook you on hope that it's going to be like it was in the beginning. Believe me, it never is. But you so want to be believe that that person who swept you off your feet has arrived back, that you will be overjoyed often and be hoovered back in, soon to be very, very disappointed. And in the last segment, it's Q&A today. 
I'm going to be answering the question of an anonymous person who asks a question about the first steps that I recommend after entering a long-term marriage to a hijackal. And in this unfortunate situation, her hijackal ex put her adult son up to trying to demand that they reconcile with a whole lot of guilt happening. That might sound familiar to you. Sounds familiar to me. And uh, she wanted my advice, my answer. And she also wanted to know what she could do to stand firm and regain her self-respect, no matter how disapproving her son or her ex were. So I answered that in the Q&A segment of today's show. If you want to hear all of the shows, you can go to relationshiphelpshow.com and all the archives are there for you. All the shows, we're on episode 32, so there's lots of listening there for you. In the meantime, visit For Relationship Help, subscribe to my Tips for Relationships newsletter so we can stay in touch. Look at the free checklists that are there for you. There's just lots of things there for you. Now go to the YouTube channel for Relationship Help. So we'll be right back with today's show. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are these stories and questions on today's show sounding familiar to you? Are you ready to say no more to the abuse from toxic people in your life? I'm so glad. You matter and you deserve to have real love, true love in your life. Love from yourself and love from others. Not that demeaning, discounting and dismissive masquerade that a hijackal pretends is love. I can help you regain yourself, your self-esteem, your self-confidence after a life with a hijackal, whether it was your partner, an ex, a parent, or a child. Let's work together now. For individual sessions or small group coaching, visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join. Talk soon. Hello, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler, and today we're talking about things you can do to feel better about yourself, and today I want to include in that a question. Do you want to feel showered with appreciation? Well, if the answer is yes, we've got some things that you might think about doing, because if you want to feel showered with appreciation, you have to know one thing about it. Appreciation is free. Appreciation costs no one anything. So if you're not feeling as showered with appreciation, I would suggest you look first in the mirror and say, do you appreciate yourself? But if you're thinking that your partner says that he or she loves you and you don't feel appreciated, it may be not what you think is going on. When I was a little girl growing up in Canada, I became a brownie in the Girl Guide movement. And stories were a really big deal in the brownies, just like they are in the United States in the, the Girl Guides. And they played a big part in the learning that we received. And I remember one story that sticks with me now all these years later, and it had a big, big impact because I was an only child. I think that's why it had such a big impact, because you don't really learn to get along with other people uh, in your family. You have to learn that all outside of your family. And so this story from the Brownies was called The Me First Brownie. And when we're waiting to get things first and wanting to get things first, we can wait a long time. And if it has to be me first, me first. So... The moral of the story was that people don't like you so much when you're wanting to be first or wanting to get things first all the time. And that brownie story applies here. It's lovely to be appreciated. It's delightful to hear that you're appreciated. And as I wrote about a Kaizen for Couples, we will all want to feel seen, heard, known, acknowledged, accepted, and appreciated. And that's certainly the ideal in a committed relationship or a supposedly committed relationship. But if you are like the me first brownie, 
You're coming from lack and scarcity. There's not enough love to go around. There's not anything to go around. So you feel there's something you need to get, something that you're missing, and that something has to be given to you and that someone should be giving it to you and preferably two minutes ago. And that's just not attractive. It can be a real demonstration of neediness and that's certainly not attractive. So that's one of those relationship issues that has to be quickly turned on its head. So if this is ringing true for you at all, and you have that feeling that there's not enough to go around, that resources are scarce, love is scarce, and you're very, very concerned about that, a little desperate perhaps, um, then you want to know how to turn that around. And the first way to do that is to give what you want to receive. Become an appreciator. Notice what other people are doing and make positive comments about it. Find something that you really like and comment on it. So appreciate and be grateful. Give thanks to people. Give your thanks for for people, for things, for events, for conditions, for circumstances in your life. It doesn't have to be something monumental. You could say, wow, that really felt good the way you said that to me. I could really hear that. I appreciate that. There's always something to be grateful for, but we get into some kind of spaces where we just don't appreciate much of anything and things don't go well there. <laughs> they really don't. Um, so you want to you want to become an appreciator and a person who is is constantly demonstrating gratitude, not in some silly way that says, well, look at me, I'm always grateful for everything, but to genuinely turn your mind to what can you appreciate and be grateful for. And then after appreciation and gratitude, give love without expectation. And if you've been a me first brownie and you think you have, you you know you you're really scared you're not going to get what you need sometimes that comes into the category of being afraid you're not going to get the love you need too so practice giving love without expectation you love just because you love now don't do anything unwise and go loving a toxic person who's going to hurt you or somebody who has hurt you repeatedly and you know better but you still go that's not where to, to give love without expectation. If you want to give love there without expectation, do it from a good distance away. But when I'm talking about giving love without expectation, I'm talking about giving up anything like a tit for tat game that, you know, you, you did this for me and therefore I'll do this for you. And what have you done for me lately kind of conversation that just deadens any relationship quite quickly. Just love. And then another good thing, you know, we've got appreciation and gratitude and loving without expectation, and then practice seeing the good in things. See the good in yourself, see things you appreciate about yourself, even in the mirror, and then practice seeing good in other people in other things. So within yourself, focus on what is loving and kind and beautiful. And keep your head way away out of the fault-finding, ain't it awful, and the world sucks kind of space. That's a downward spiral that goes nowhere good for anybody. And it will completely deplete the energy in any situation, in any space. So you can see that this whole business of feeling showered with appreciation starts by becoming a person who is an appreciator within yourself. So you work on yourself. Are you the most loving, grateful, appreciative human on the planet? Who cares? You can aspire to be. You can practice. It's not a competition. So of course we don't care who's the most loving, grateful, and appreciative human being on the planet. But you want to be able to look in the mirror and say, you know, I, I like what I did today. I like who I was today. I like how I was today. And I appreciate myself for that. Sure, some things are less than wonderful. Sometimes some people are less than generous. And sometimes your partner behaves like a jerk or a drama king or queen or a needy baby. 
most folks have their less than wonderful moments. I certainly have, and uh, you probably can think of one or two things where it happened to you. That kind of thing just happens. But we're talking about becoming conscious most of the time. And this is one way that we can. We can become more appreciative. We can become more grateful. We can love without expectation. And then we can see good in things. We can look for the good and comment on the good. And you know, when you focus that way, you don't become a fault finder. You give up being a fault finder. And that's a really good thing to do. I know as a child, I, I had a hijackal mother, so she turned around and found fault every single place she possibly could. And I know what that feels like to receive that. I probably did enough of that in my early years as a mother too. And I remember consciously turning that around when my children were small. And I hope you will too, because it's a much nicer way to live, a much freer, warm, loving way to live. So I hope you will do that. Where your power lies is in the answer to this question. Who will I be when my partner is less than wonderful for a moment or an hour or a day? Or my child, or my mother, or my father, or the co-worker. Who will I be when that other person is less than wonderful for a moment or an hour or a day? She may even be less than wonderful or he may be less than wonderful for a whole week. Now, if it goes on more frequently than that, you've got other problems. But ask yourself, who do I want to be in that situation? What do I want to be doing? Will I be working on the gratitude and love without expectation and appreciation? How will I respond? Will I react? Will I make somebody wrong? Will I whine that I'm not the center of the universe? Will I throw down the weary gauntlet of, that's not what I signed up for? Or will you turn within and ask yourself, who do I want to be right now? How can I respond from my personal values and my vision for the world and the relationship? Then that vision has to be the one that I want to live in. So if right now you're not feeling showered with appreciation, it may be that you live with people who don't have it to give. So have compassion for them for a little while and maybe share this post with them, or this, this episode with them rather. Or it may be that you're playing the tit for tat game and you're waiting for them to give first. So give that up. Go first yourself. And if you want a more generous relationship, be the generous one. Become the shower. Give first. Of course, if there's a pattern of withholding appreciation, affection, love, or respect from one another, that becomes an immediate relationship issue. And if you're wise, you'll get relationship help right away. And I'm happy to help you. I have clients all over the world and we see each other through video conferencing. But it's very important that you give what you want to receive. And so if you want to receive more appreciation, See if you can open yourself up to be more expansive and give more appreciation, show more gratitude, love without expectation, and see that the good in everything. I think you'll find that really will change things and you'll be much happier. If you want more insights from me, go to forrelationshiphelp.com. And you can find that along with opportunity for free checklists, free consultation. It's all there for you. Talk soon. Life as a couple can be exciting and enriching. You both feel supported, known, heard, and appreciated. You know you're safe. Is that what you're experiencing? Does your partner have your back? Can you be vulnerable safely? Do you trust each other fully? Would you say you were emotionally intimate? If not, things can get much better. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I work with couples just like you all over the world by video conferencing. If you want a world-class relationship, learn how now. Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join and schedule a time to work together. Let's talk soon. forrelationshiphelp.com slash join.
Hello, and welcome back to the Relationship Help Show. I'm here with my guest today, Laura Rubenstein. She is an amazing person. We have a show that we've been doing for almost two years on Facebook called Transform Your Relationships. And you can go to Transform Your Relationships live on the Facebook, and you can find us there. All our shows are also on my YouTube channel at For Relationship Help. So Laura is a hypnotherapist. She's a social media expert. She's a speaker. She has so many things that she does. She's the author of the Feminine Power Cards. And you can find so much more about Laura at transformtoday.com or femininepowercards.com. So welcome, Laura, once again. Always great to be with you, Roberta. It is. We have good on-air chemistry. <laughs> so many times we've said we could probably do a four-hour show without stopping. So <laughs> I'm excited about this one because we're talking about, I don't like to use the term self-love like, like it's a, a thing, but it, we're talking about why it's important to really understand and know yourself. Because if you get into a relationship with a difficult or toxic person, and you don't have this, you're going to have problems, right? <laughs> Big time. I have to agree with you with that term about self-love. Um, you know, throughout my journey here, I people were like, well, you got to love yourself. If you want to have better relationships, you have to first love yourself. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Can anybody else relate to that? I mean, like, really, it was like, it's like deer in headlights, like, what does that mean to love myself? I love hug, kiss, what do I do? <laughs> and then if it's okay, I'll share how I like got this big aha. Sure. Um, somebody said to me, well, just think about it. If what would you, how would you talk? How would you behave towards? How would you um, think or want your best friend to think in the various circumstances of life? What would they be saying to themselves that you hope that they're really didn't, thinking about and I was like oh so you mean if I turn it around and I look at it like it's not me who I'm loving I'm loving somebody else and then say oh what if I did that for myself like what would you say to your best friend if they made a mistake or if they tripped up on something they hurt somebody's feelings or they didn't do something according to whatever you give them the benefit of doubt you'd give them encouragement you'd you do something nurturing for them well do that for yourself and then I got it I'm like Oh, so I can apply it in every situation in this whole like um, awareness and beingness about loving myself came about. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful way to think about it because we've been raised in a time when there were things like, don't speak well of yourself, don't brag, don't be conceited, don't do all of this. And then all of a sudden, about 30 years ago, I popped this word self-love in the popular literature. And then it's like, what? No, no, I'm not supposed to speak well of myself. I'm not supposed to brag. I'm not supposed to be conceited. I'm not supposed to be arrogant. I'm not supposed to do all of that. Now I'm supposed to love myself. What do I do with that? So I have a little story about what I did too, because at the time I was having these large groups in every week and we were talking about it. And that's actually where the relational gifts that I talk about in Kaizen for Couples come from, because I too wanted to define it for people because they were deer in the headlights about it. And so I said similar things to what your friend said to you. And then I gave them the five things like you're honest with yourself. You keep yourself safe. You're trustworthy to yourself. You respect yourself and you're reliable. And oh, then that was doable. Then it was chunked down to something that people could say yes to. And that was very, very important. And of course, the older that you were when this idea of self-love came up, the more resistant you are to it internally. You may love the idea, but it's difficult. And then if we overlay that with the idea of these difficult people that I call hijackals, they're looking for someone who doesn't love themselves. Interesting, like, isn't it? Mm -hmm. They have this radar looking for somebody who is malleable, flexible, and a people pleaser. And so they say, ah, you know, there's, there's one that I can control. There's one that I can have power over. Yeah. However, in the grand scheme of the hijackle, the first thing they do is swoop in and sweep you off your feet. 
So you don't know that you have become a target or prey. You think you have just been elevated to being the best things in sliced bread because someone knows you and they're treating you so well and they seem to anticipate your needs and they agree with you. And so this honeymoon is on, absolutely on. And for people who have not had that kind of treatment, it is like basking in the tropical sun. And then? <laughs> and then... They do one of three things and all too quickly. So I'm just going to say something about that for everybody. If you're with somebody who on the first or second date or way too early in the relationship says, I just know I'm going to marry you. I've loved you. I love you from the moment I saw you. You're already started down the wrong path. Or you very well could be. But if they start rushing you into living together, getting married or getting pregnant, notice. Because there you are in that honeymoon daze, if you like, <laughs> in that whole haze that you're in and going, hormones are running, all of your great dreams are there. You're thinking, oh, this is just what I've longed for. And so you say, yes, 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 let's do that. And they go, ah, got him or her, nailed it. And then slowly, sometimes quite a while it takes. I've known people and clients that I have who have had a lovely first year with somebody and then all the chunks started to fall off the machine, right? Um, but sometimes it starts immediately. I have a client for whom it started at the wedding reception. Hmm. So this is the way it goes, you know. So you take somebody who doesn't feel that they are strong, wonderful, desirable, all the things that they want to feel about themselves, and then they're told, they're shown, they're a mirror for that great image of themselves, and then the person wants them, and that's what they think is love. And yet here they are bereft of what you were talking about or what I was talking about, that it's misplaced. It's misplaced outside themselves. So therefore, that other person has control. And I think self-love plays into this beautifully because the more you demonstrate self-love, the less a hijackal or difficult person likes that because you're going to make choices that are good for you. Mm -hmm. And if it's not in alignment with what they want, they're not very compromising uh, much of the time, would you agree? <laughs> no, I would say, you know, maybe only the percentage of the time that they really want something from you and they think they'll please you so they'll get what they want. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, if you're a people pleaser type, or you, you might not even state your preference it's too many times. So they might not even have to compromise that much. But the minute you ask for compromise, it's, it starts, things might start become evident that um, there is no compromise available or it's on a very unequal basis. So it's very much important to get that equality really known up front first, fast. Um, I would highly suggest that. But I think if you come from that place of self-love and, you know, you bring up a really good point about, okay, 30 years ago, the self-love movement started and that people started thinking that's selfish, right? But really, you know, if you take that error liner line that says, put your mask on first before you help another person, you've got to fill your cup up. You've got to take care of yourself first so you can be the best for other people. Exactly. And, you know, that's a really good one. You know, it's maybe overused these days, but it is so powerful that it's worth overusing it, that if you don't put your own mask on first, you're going to be worse off than the people you'd like to help. And the hijackal is counting on that, that you are going to work so hard to please them, you're going to exhaust yourself, and they're going to make sure that you do. So going back to your Point, which is so well taken that a hijackal does not like you to acquire anything that looks like self-love. Acquire or demonstrate, right? Well, and then to demonstrate is worse because it's all about them.com. 
<laughs> and so therefore, if you want to be considered, or even if you step up and say, I'm going to do this on Saturday with a rampant hijackle, and the, the hijackle will say, no, no, that's not going to happen because, and they'll make it up on the spot why you can't do what you want to do. And then they will try to convince you that you would better do what they want you to do. And for you to be able to hold on to that, even in the smallest way, and begin to change requires a great deal of energy and the beginnings of that self-love that we're talking about. That we have four, three things that I think are in every healthy relationship. And I think we can think about them, whether we're thinking about our parents or our adult children or our partners or our exes or whomever. And that is that we have equality in the relationship. We have reciprocity in the relationship and we have mutuality in the relationship. And if those three things aren't there most of the time, we're going to have trouble with it, you know, and that's something that we see really frequently. I know that when you're working with your clients, you're helping them change the way they see themselves so they can change the way they show up in the world. Isn't that so? Absolutely. Because if you have a certain thought or feeling about yourself, and I wanted to go back to something you said about being a people pleaser. And I think it's a really good thing to become aware of. If you like to take care of other people, that makes you feel really good because you're giving to other people and then you feel like you're a worthy person. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. It's that when you bring in those three elements you talked about, is it equal? Do they care about you as much as you care about them? Like really, will they show up for you in equal measure? Do they reciprocate in equal or more measure? Um, and the mutuality is this is there an energy balance here are they you know you want to make sure it, then it's like it's it, it's really wonderful to take care of people when you know it's reciprocal if it's not you're in that imbalance and you're you're destined for you know a slippery slope there yeah and let me add to this because i'm sure it's on some people's minds as they're hearing us talk is well what about if somebody gets sick it can't be reciprocal we're not talking about tit for tat keeping a scoreboard doing any of that we're talking about i know that person would do this for me because that's the kind of relationship we have Bingo. and so you do it because you know that that's what would happen if something was required for you, it would be equally available to you as it is for you to give it to them. We have each other's backs in that way. And, you know, it's hard to tell in the beginning of a relationship because you think, of course, they'd be there for me. They love me. They adore me. They're here for me now. Mm -hmm. Right. And we just don't, it's hard to tell sometimes. And, you know, the more you take care of yourself, the more self-loving you are. And you were asking me about working with people and helping them change their self-image um, or at least the conversations in their head about themselves. Yeah. It's like, I am worthy. I Yes, I love other people and taking care of other people, but I take care of myself first so I can better take care of other people. Seriously, you cannot take care of other people if you're not in good shape mentally, physically. Um, it, it's a it's a bankrupt situation you'll be driving yourself into. And yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I've said this on our show before. You can't give a gift you don't have. So if I want to give you something, I have to have it in order to give it to you. And if I give it to you without having it, I start to resent it. And then I'll beat myself up for resenting it because a good person wouldn't resent it. And slowly we get into a downward spiral. So it's very important to give these gifts to ourselves. I mean, time, attention, um, anything that falls in the self-care category, you know, that you actually spend time with yourself. Now, when you're with a hijackal, of course, they want to eat up every single moment that you have with doing their bidding. They're, they may or may not be around, but they want results when they return. And they want to know that they had control of you, even if it was just that you were afraid of what they were thinking while they were gone. So when you begin to demonstrate some of this self-love when you're in a relationship with a hijackal, be ready for a little fireworks because it's going to happen. 
Now, we're not suggesting that you get in their face and say, I'm going to do what I want and just watch me because that's just game on. (laughs) (laughs) And never try to out-manipulate the master manipulator because that's what they do. That's right. But you do start in small ways. So, you know, in, in my Facebook groups and everything for people who are in relationship with hijackers, it'll often come up and someone will say, well, what do I say? You know, it's always like this. It's always his or her way. What do I say to begin to say, no, I'd like to do, put my little stake in the ground here. And I always say in the most neutral tone you possibly can, you simply state what you would like. Like, I'd like to be going to that meeting on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. Rather than saying, I've got a meeting on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, and I'm going no matter what. Totally different. You want to be neutral and benign and strong. And say it again and again in that same tone. (laughs) But what about this? And what about that? But you won't be this. I'd really like to go to this. (laughs) And I am planning on going. And I'm sure that it will be a good experience. And, you know, I'll be happy to tell you about it when I return. And like you say, you just stay in that place. Because any time you are with a hijackal, it is a high drama situation. They want to create drama and they will use anything to create drama and make you wrong. So when you are in the relationship and you see that you want to be doing things differently, whether you want out or not, you may not be sure, but you don't want it the way it is, then you have to begin by demonstrating that you are willing to give yourself what you need, which is a little time, a little time away. I used to have, I used to do something when I was a single mom with three kids working full time and not getting any child support. I had a sign on my bathroom door. It was the only place I could get away. I couldn't go anywhere. And it said, knock only if you're bleeding. (laughs) right so sometimes when we're the hijackal there is a lot of metaphoric bleeding going on and sometimes you just need to say no i'm going to lock myself in here and i'm going to have some time and that's a metaphor i mean maybe i'm going to that meeting on tuesday morning or i'm going to do something but you're going to start taking segments of life for yourself and two things I heard you say about how to handle this. One is set really strong boundaries. Like I'm going to this meeting, you know, I'd really like to go and I'm going to go. And it's like something you stand by. It's a boundary. A boundary means it's a border. It's like there's there's no moving that border, you know. It, it's important to you and you stand by it. That's a self-loving act to to take a stand for something you want in a neutral way and stand by it. Not in an aggressive way, not in a retaliatory way, not in a um, uh, resentful way, but in a, this is what me wants and I get to do what I want when sometimes, you know. That's right. And that's a really good place for us to take a break because we really need to talk in depth about boundaries. So you're listening to the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler here with my guest, Laura Rubenstein. You want to know more about Laura, go to transformtoday.com. We're going to return soon for part two and talk about this whole issue of boundaries. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Handling hijackles is exhausting. It's never-ending. An endless cycle of crazy-making, alienation, and constant drama. And cycles are difficult to step out of. I know, because I've been there too. And that's why I reach out to you to offer the insight, skills, and strategies you need to heal. My small group programs, Handling Hijackles, and Hijackle Recovery and Rediscovery will shortcut your journey to healing to save your sanity, and to stopping the crazy making. Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join now, and let's talk soon. Welcome back. This is part two of our show about self-love and boundaries and what you need to do to begin to demonstrate that you are taking care of yourself, especially when you're in the relationship with a hijackal. So my guest is Laura Rubenstein. And Laura, you were just talking about the importance of setting 
boundaries and how they are a border. What is the border between? <laughs> it's a boundary between what, what takes care of you and honors you as a person and what hurts you as a person. It's really staking, taking a stand for, you know, doing what we talked about in the first segment, putting on that um, air, oxygen mask first to fill your cup up so that you can be better for everyone um, mm -hmm. in the world. And so also I mentioned there were two things that you were alluding to. One is these incredible boundaries, which we'll talk more about, but um, and setting them because it's a loving act to do for yourself. The second thing as a loving act is what I call radical self-care. When you're with someone as difficult as a hijackal, you need extra self-care yes. if you're going to love yourself. You need to put yourself in an intensive self-care unit. <laughs> ISU, okay? ISU, I call it the intensive self-care unit. And whatever you need to do, if you need to get extra massage, if you need to have extra time with friends away from whoever is stressing you out, if you <laughs> need um, extra long walks and um, baths and candles and you know, things that are healthy and nurturing to you, it's so important because the, the relationship, I've heard you describe it so many times with a hijackal can eat away at your soul. Mm -hmm. You must protect your soul. You must let your psyche know physically, emotionally, mentally, that you are loved. You are worthy of love and you love yourself. Even though you're in this environment with someone who, who doesn't demonstrate that or doesn't allow you to do that. So you need to create your own self-care unit. <laughs> I love that, the ISCU. Um, we're going to have to use that more, Laura. I think that's a good one. But I could just almost hear listeners saying, are you kidding? I'm going to say that I'm going to do that and it's just going to happen like that. <laughs> I'm in a hijackal relationship. As we spoke about in part one, it's going to be baby steps and nanoseconds, right? You don't just jump in and say, well, I have made a decision that I am now going to do this and therefore it will be like this. It is small incremental steps, which is, of course, Kaizen, right? <laughs> and, and when I wrote Kaizen for couples, it's the small positive incremental steps that will begin to change a relationship over time. And this is what we're talking about here is these small steps that you say, no, I'd like to go to that meeting on Tuesday and I plan to go and I'll be gone for two hours. And you repeat as often as required. <laughs> and then you go to the meeting uh, and you do it in a neutral tone. But I could just hear everybody listening to this going, oh, yeah, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do I can hear it too. And uh, it takes a bit of courage and it does take baby steps. And just like you said, Roberta, the they went from this ah oh, beautiful relationship adoring you it slowly crumbled right we want to slowly bring it back to something good for you or at least manageable and tolerable in some way you can take care of you and give yourself some love yeah let's let's even go beyond tolerable because i don't want anybody to settle Thank and you. so let let's make sure that we're we're not you and I make sure, but let's all make sure that once we start this journey, we stick with it. And if it is a little bit of a self-improvement samba, you know, two steps forward, one step back every now and again, um, don't worry about it. But be moving progressively forward a little bit more for yourself, a little bit more for yourself until there is some sense of, oh, okay, I can breathe in this relationship. Now, what happens if you do all that and you do it incrementally and you do it over three months and you didn't make a dent? You are still fighting, fighting, fighting. You're coming up against that stone wall. That's when you start to think about leaving. Mm. Because if there's no way that you are going to have both of your needs being met in a relationship, if it's all one-sided, I get everything I want and you don't, then we've got a major issue. And if we have a major issue like that, think of your children. What are they seeing? What is the model that you're providing for them? So this is very important. So let's talk about those two things, setting and holding boundaries and radical self-care. Let's just talk a little bit more about that. So 
this whole idea of the boundary being, as you said, you know, what I, the difference between the place between what I like and what I don't like. And I would add to that conversation that it is the place where this is okay with me and that's not okay with me in the sense that I stop here, don't you be coming over here, right? Yeah, and here it's like, this is okay, this is not okay, because it's, it's very hurtful. That's a really good boundary. The minute there's something hurtful, there's a there should be a boundary right there. That's not acceptable. That doesn't work. I and you make a choice. So boundaries are about making a choice of how one behaves, not what you do to another, but what you what you do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like go to the meeting, leave the room, do do something or don't do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely the case, but. You have to spend enough time with yourself to know what it is you want. You don't do it just to be whimsical or to annoy the hijackal. <laughs> you and do if you it. Do it'll backfire. <laughs> it will. It absolutely will. So you do it because this is important to you and your well-being and the being in alignment with who you most want to be. So. And I know from you know doing this work for so long, Laura, and I'm sure you do too from another whole viewpoint of working with people, is that nobody likes to hear themselves described as a doormat or a pretzel, right? Mm-hmm. You don't. But that's what can happen to you when somebody kind of wants to push and push and push and push. Finally, you just get so exhausted, you just flatten. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like you were spineless to begin with, although I'm sure there are some people who may not have had the strength when people met them, but it's not that you don't have a wish or a desire for it to be different. It's just that finally it exhausts you. And, you know, that's when you really need radical self-care. And I I have this image of like pumping up yourself, pumping up your soul again. And, you know, I developed these feminine power cards and I pulled a couple for today. Can I read one? Great, yes. Um, This one is, says, and here's one of the pumping things you can do to pump yourself up. It says, practice radical self-acceptance. Apparently radical is the word of the day. Because this is radical. It's a a shift in your whole mindset. It's going to take time. Be gentle with yourself. In fact, practice radical self-acceptance. And the practice to do that is on the back of the card. And it's actually an affirmation. And it says, I love myself so much so I can love others more deeply. Lovely. It's a great first step in thought. And you can even change this. Like if you can't even get to I love myself so much, I'm willing to love myself. I'm looking at how to love myself. So the power in affirmations is not the magical, oh my gosh, you know, I got to say these magical things and then I'm going to transform. Incantation. Yes. <laughs> it's not that. I'm, I'm really annoyed with the industry that made that. that. So it's, a, it's, it's more hypnotic. We are suggestible beings. What are you suggesting to yourself? So word it so that you can start suggesting a new way of being because like you said Roberta it's this seems very crazy people are saying yeah right nothing's going to change because because of however the dynamic is right now but add a little willingness to the to the uh, affirmation to your thoughts I'm willing to see how I can change and watch what your brain does if you do it and see the second thing about hypnosis people need to know People think, oh yeah, I, I get hypnotized and I and if I'm hypnotizable, I'll change on a dime. It's not always the case. Only if it's there's a, a huge like you know, traumatic like awareness. You know, when it's like a doctor gives you news, you're hypnotized to that news. But if it's something you're used to and it's habitual, it's gonna take a habitual hypnotic suggestion to keep to to drive a new rut in the road, so to speak. You have this old rut. Stop using that. Start using the new rut so that you can form new alternatives. Of yes, ways. and you want the rut that's going to take you where you want to go rather Please. than the rut to the yes. place you are. Yes, the, um, the loving place, yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's very important to recognize what you said, like you kept chunking it back. Okay, if I can't go with I love myself so much, then I go with I'm willing, maybe this far, 
I'm willing to entertain the idea that I could love myself enough to do what I want to do 20% of the time. Yeah. You know, if you have to back it off like that, it's just opening your mind to that, creating that beginning of a new pathway. And I'm not start- sure I like Brett's Loris, so I think I'm going to call them pathways. <laughs> okay, yeah, new pathways. I love that. Love that. Good idea. <laughs> so I, I'd like to go over there, and the only pathway I have is there. So I'm going to begin, and it's going to be hard because there's no starting for that road. So I've just got to work at it a little bit by a little bit. And you know, it reminds me of something that I saw on Facebook. Isn't that where we see everything? But this fellow, he actually wanted people to not have to walk it took them forever to get to a town to get food because it was on the other side of the mountain and every day for something like 37 years he went and he made a place through the mountain so people could walk now that's just a great example of what we can do if we want to start a new pathway yeah, it might be a little rough at the beginning. We may not have the tools. We may not know exactly what to do, but we can learn. And I want to add to that analogy. You don't have to do this alone. First of all, you can get books. You can read things online. The mere fact you're listening to today's show is proof that you're already on the pathway, the new pathway, right? So you've heard some really positive things. We are here to encourage you and let you know it's completely possible to have more breathing room, to have experience more self-love in your life, um, and association. So what you read, who you talk to and um, hang out with. So you might want to get a f- another new group of friends that's on the positive side, that's uplifting you, that cheers you on. Or if there are people in your life who already you know are in that category, hang out with them a little more, call them up and say, hey, I need a little cheerleading. It's okay to do that. <laughs> I used to have people I call up, tell me I'm okay because I'm not <laughs> feeling very good about myself. You yeah. know, And I have that to this day. It's like if I know I can call any number of friends and, and, and do that. And, and that's a very radical self-accepting thing to do to say hey i'm not feeling the best right now i accept it and i want to do something about it what can i do Mm -hmm. and you need support and it's good to be able to ask for support you can get a book you can get some help from a professional because that will move things forward in a very systematic way that will unfold well for you and you don't have to worry about am i doing it right Um, but it's really important to know that you can make a new pathway. And just because you may have been in this relationship with a parent or whatever, and you learned everything over here, and you're not happy, but this is all you know, then you say, no, I think I'll learn these things. And maybe you go and you join a group that is learning those things, or maybe people who talk about it, or maybe you just get into a group on Facebook where you get into the conversation and you start getting that happening in your head. That's possible. Oh, I could do that. Oh, that's too much for me, but maybe I could chunk it down like Laura said. And you begin to move yourself in a positive direction. And yes, I just heard everybody go, what do you mean? And get on Facebook and I see all of that because the hijackle will look at my browser history and all of that. Which is why I call the group that I have, the closed group that I have, Optimize Life. Because... No hijackle cares if you want to optimize life. So they see your browser history, they won't care. But find a way. They're not there all the time. Listen to podcasts. Download them and listen to them at your leisure. Mm. Do things that support you to build a new pathway. And just as I said at the beginning of part one, Laura, you and I could talk for hours. We've only just touched on great things that we can do. And here we are at the end of our time together for this Relationship Help Show. So let's just reiterate, you've got to love yourself as well as you can in small increments if you need to. You're going to set strong boundaries and hold them. And maybe you just start with an itty bitty tiny boundary and you try it out. But you're go- you know what direction you're going, and then you're going to practice radical self-care and radical self-acceptance will follow. Thanks so much for being with me, Laura. 
You're so welcome. We're cheering all of you on. Yes, yes. And don't forget to wake up your inner cheerleader, too. Make sure that he or she is on your on your side, too. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You're listening to the Relationship Help Show. I hope you'll join us regularly, weekly. If you want to listen live, it's Tuesdays at 6 p.m. And if you want to listen to the archives, you can do that, too. So if you want to listen live, go to bbsradio.com at 6 p.m. on Tuesdays. If you want to listen to the archives at your leisure, go to relationshiphelpradio.com. So stay tuned. There is much more to come for you in the show or come and visit us at any time. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. No matter what's happening right now, life can get better. If you have a good relationship, it can become great. If your relationship is in trouble, we can find a solution. The good news is that it's in your hands to start. The not-so-good news is that it takes time, new insights and skills, and a whole bunch of willingness. But who would settle for less? Not you, right? Good. You want to feel seen, heard, known, accepted, and appreciated. You want honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability, too. Read my book, Kaizen for Couples, available for download at couplesbook.com. Start there, and let's talk soon. This is the question and answer period that we have on this show, and I just want to really invite you to send in your questions. You don't have to attach your name to it or anything. Just ask a question, and I'll be happy to answer it in this segment of the show. We don't always have Q&A on every show, but every other show we do. So uh, if you want to do that, go to forrelationshiphelp.com slash submit, and you can submit your question there. So today's question is from a person who is having trouble with her husband. And this is an anonymous question. And she wrote, what first steps do you recommend after ending a long-term marriage to a hijackal? I'm still in shock and struggling with self-condemnation. Also, my husband enlisted our young adult son to pressure me to resume the marriage. Both of them blame me and their diatribes make my head spin. My son was cold as a winter breeze until I reluctantly agreed to consider reconciliation. I set a boundary, but he bulldozed through it. What can I do to stand firm and regain self-respect considering my son's disapproval of me? Yes, you're right. The family dynamics are sick. Thanks, Dr. Shaler. I'm going to take this apart in pieces. Her first question was, what first steps do you recommend after ending a long-term marriage to a hijackal? Well, always, 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 if you didn't do it before you left, or even if you did, continue with it. You must keep doing your own work, finding out, all right, what do I need to heal from? How did this happen? What part of my early life caused me to find this acceptable for whatever length of time that marriage was. Spend no time beating yourself up. Just find out why was this acceptable to me? What didn't I see? What wasn't I willing to look at? Did I deny things for a long time? Or was I raised to believe that if only I were better, more passionate, more compassionate, more patient, more kind, more loving, more nurturing, less disapproving, less demanding, whatever it is that you thought you could do about yourself that would change the behavior expectations of a hijackal, forget about it. They are absolutely in need of being in in control and having power over you. So when you have left that, and big applause for that, you know, yay. Um, When you've decided that's the best thing for you and you've accomplished it, that's great. Because it is a step in the direction of your healing and and certainly a step in the direction of saying yes to yourself. 
that you deserve to be in a place where you're not walking on eggshells. You're not second guessing yourself and you're not concerned with losing your sanity. So a big, big round of applause for having left. And it's not that I don't believe we should try hard in marriage, not for one minute. I believe we do have to do our work. We have to do our own work. We often have to go and get help as a couple because after all, we're bringing two entire backgrounds together and it's not always easy. And people who really care about themselves do get help. But if you come to the place where you realize you're with an incalcitrant hijackal, it probably is time to move on, and you've done that. So the first steps I recommend after ending a long-term marriage to a hijackal is to breathe, to just get used to that sense of there's no one looking over my shoulder. I do not have to be hypervigilant. I can run through the house like a banshee if I want, and nobody is going to have anything to say about it. And I am free to be myself something that you haven't been free to be for a long time. There was always someone who wanted you to be a little bit different and a little bit more different. And you could never please, you could never do enough because the whole game with the hijackal is withholding approval. So no matter what you did, you couldn't be good enough. And then you brought up the idea of your husband enlisting your young adult son to pressure you to resume the marriage. Well, hijackals do that. Remember, hijackals don't have much love for you, but they do have a lot of uses for you, and they will use their children, and here's an example of that, using the young adult son to pressure mom into returning. Probably in that pressure, there was a lot of guilting mom into returning too. That's nasty. That shows that what you've called your young adult son is no he may have been the size of an adult, but he wasn't an emotional grown-up, or he wouldn't have colluded in these games with dad. Although, poor guy, he's lived with dad the whole time, just as you have, and so he needs to know how to get approval too, and I guess he got some approval from dad for trying to pressure you into resuming the marriage. And of course they blame you. They're in cahoots. As you only mentioned one son, maybe you only had one child and therefore same-sex bond occurred between father and son, and that's unfortunate. So you see your son was as cold as a winter breeze until you reluctantly considered a reconciliation. Sure, wouldn't that make a hijackle's heart warm just for a moment? I'm going to get my way. I got you to do what I want you to do. Yippee for me. Well, maybe you had good reasons for doing that. Maybe you wanted to please. Maybe you were uncertain about your decision and you needed to try again. However, it was absolutely wrong for your son to be part of that equation. And I hope that she he has been told that that's not his part. It's not his marriage. Yes, it's his family. And yes, he has opinions about it. But it's not his relationship with it's your relationship with your husband, and your son should stay out of it. So when somebody sets a boundary, as you say you did, and someone else bulldozes through it, that's a good indication that they simply don't care about you. They don't respect you. They're not listening to you. They don't care what you want or need or think or feel. They are all about them. And so they wanted what they wanted. They wanted the family to look the way it had always looked. If you had a hijackal husband, he probably was kind of concerned that now to the outside world, his family wouldn't look as good as it did before. And he didn't want that because that might have some kind of reflection on him. So he decided that a reconciliation was a good idea. So everything would look good. So your last question is, what can I do to stand firm and regain self-respect considering my son's disapproval of me? Well, every now and again, everybody listen to this. Every now and again, you're going to have to own this saying, what other people think of me is none of my business. You know, I did a video recently on my Facebook page, Relationship Help Doctor, and you can see it there, and it's on what hijackals think of me as none of my business. So you may want to watch that one, and it's also on my YouTube channel, which is called For Relationship Help. 
So, yes, you want your son's approval of you. Well, the only way that you're going to get that is to do what he wants. And what he wants is to do whatever it is that makes his father happy and so that he and his father can be bonded. And you know that that's not something that you're interested in entertaining. So, unfortunately, you may have to stick to that idea that what other people think of me is none of my business, including my son and my about-to-be ex-husband. I know it's a tough one because one of the ways that we get into situations and into marriages and relationships with hijackles is because we care what they think about us. But it's very, very freeing. And I don't mean that we don't care about other people. I said we don't care what they think about us. We care more about what we think of us. So important that our opinion of ourselves, that we're living up to our values, our vision for our life, we're living within our beliefs and we're living our goals and purposes and missions, not other people's, that we're playing on our own team and we're our own best cheerleaders. This is really important. So to stand firm and regain self-respect, Live your life according to your standards, according to what you believe, according to what you value, going in the direction of what you want, so that when you look in the mirror in the morning, you like who you see, a person who is not unduly bending to the whims and and wishes of others, a person who says, I have value, I love, respect, and approve of myself just the way I am, and I'm getting stronger every day. And of course, get some help. I always say that it's not because that's what I do for a living. It's because I understand the value of what I do for a living. I have been through all this myself. I have been with the high. I'm so glad you spent this time with me today. I hope you heard something that touched your heart. You can have the life and relationships that you most want, and that begins within you now, today. I'm always here for you. Life can get better, and you heard that from me, the Relationship Help Doctor, Roberta Shaler. I work with clients throughout the world through video conferencing. We can talk. Learn more at forrelationshiphelp.com visit youtube.com slash forrelationshiphelp. And if you want to listen to the show's archives, visit relationshiphelpshow.com. Join me for next week's show. I'll see you then. Talk soon.